Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. April 19th edition, Monday, April 19th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Flyers fall to the New York Islanders by a score of one to nothing on an own goal. Oh, as if this season couldn't be any worse, right? Um, a goal that goes in that way. Brian Elliott bidding for his 43rd career shutout. Meanwhile, Ilya Sorokin, the rookie netminder for the New York Islanders, gets his third career shutout in his 20th NHL game. Uh, it was a goaltending battle, no doubt about it. Flyers outshot the Islanders 30-28. to Sorokin stops all 30. And in the first two periods, the Flyers had several good opportunities, great opportunities, and Sorokin made some unbelievable saves, more so in the second period than the first. Flyers had some good chances in the first and shot wide uh, in the first period. They only had eight shots on goal, but in the second period, they really poured it on, and Sorokin was the difference why that game was still scoreless. Brian Elliott not as busy in the first and second period, saw 13 shots in the third, uh, but while Elliott wasn't busy in the first and second from a volume standpoint, he did make some big saves. Then in the third period, several big saves by Brian Elliott. But all said and done, uh, the Flyers end up, uh, another game goes to overtime. Six of the eight games against the Islanders this year have gone to overtime, and the Islanders have owned overtime and the shootouts against the Flyers. The, the way the game-winning goal goes in is kind of a microcosm of this season, right? Where when they played poorly in the beginning of the year, from a process standpoint, they were winning games, and they played well in this hockey game. It was very detail-oriented defensively. They didn't give the Islanders a whole lot. There were some breakdowns, of course, and there was a couple odd man rushes. Uh, not a lot, but to lose the game on an own goal when Nicoletti tries a backhand pass and it hits off the stick of Travis Sanheim, who, by the way, I thought he had his best game of the season, Travis Sanheim. I thought he was tremendous in the game. I thought both Sanheim and Gostaspare played really well. And Gostaspare, in his own end, defensively, made several really good defensive plays, was confident with the puck, turning and looking for the pass, the outlet pass to stretch the ice and stress the opponent. I thought they were both really good in the game for, for that game to have come off the stick of Travis Sanheim on that Nick Letty backhand. Um, it, it just kind of says it all, doesn't it? And you know, the, you're going to hear Elaine Vigneault talk about this and when I initially saw the play, and you, you see how it goes in the net, there's a couple things that I thought of right away. Number one, the Flyers only had one shot in the overtime. The Islanders had two. They had possession most of the overtime. And the Flyers had possession right before they scored. They win the draw. They get the puck behind the net. And Kevin Hayes makes a pass to Travis Sanheim. It catches Sanheim a little flat-footed because there wasn't enough on the pass. If there's more on that pass, and Elaine Vigneault called out Kevin Hayes for the pass, and it turns the puck over, and then they end up with possession again, and eventually it ends up in the back of your net. And in a three-on-three overtime, you got to be really diligent with those player-to-player uh, -player possession passes because it's all about possession. Look, I hate the fact that teams just you can just pull the puck out of the zone. A guy tweeted me and said they should have an over-and-back rule so you can't bring, bring the puck out of the zone and back in without being pressured or have it you know, forced out of the zone, uh, like in soccer or something. But or, or in the NBA. But, and I agree, because that kind of defeats the purpose of the up-and-down action of the three-on-three -three overtime when a team goes into the zone, doesn't see anything they like, they cycle around, they back out, they get a change, and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, um, but you got to make sure those passes are diligent. And again, that's a detail. And Hayes didn't get enough on that pass, and then it puts Sanheim under pressure to try and get to the puck, and eventually the Islanders get the puck, and 
They work it around, and it ends up in the back of your net. The other thing, and I got a bunch of tweets about this, was why was Brian Elliott trying to poke check there? If you watch the play really closely, Letty gets is really deep in the zone, and he's trying a backhand pass across the slot to a guy that's pretty much parallel with him. And that's a pass that Elliott, when he goes down to the knob on his stick to try and poke check, he can deflect that pass out of there. And in a three-on-three, there's a little bit more responsibility on the goalie to try and do those things. You know, he he didn't know it was going to hit off the stick of Travis Sanheim and ended up getting through him. Uh, I don't have any problem with the play of hanging out the poke check in that situation. But, you know, I say it all the time, you know, do your job. If you don't do your job, then I have two people not doing their job. But that's part of Elliott doing his job. That's not him trying to do the defense's job in that situation. It was just an unfortunate play, and those things happen. But they've happened a lot to the Flyers this year. They've been put themselves in situations where those type of plays can happen and affect a game considerably, and, and in this case, to the loss. So, look, they played a good hockey game. Uh, they really had the Islanders on their heels in that first period. The Islanders looked disjointed. They were turning the puck over. It was very uncharacteristic of a Barry Trotz team. But they weren't able to come away with anything from that first period or that second period, thanks to the really good goaltending of, of Ilya Sorokin. And it was it was one of those games that in a normal season, in 82, if this was game 45, that it would be different. You could take something from it and take a positive from it. But that's not the situation because we lived March. We've lived through the peaks, which are limited in this season, to the very pronounced valleys. And you can't take much out of it when you've got 11 games to go and you're in the mathematical situation that you're in. Look, it's going to be highly unlikely the Flyers, had they won the game, were going to make the playoffs. But And maybe you look at this as a game, well, maybe they deserved a better fate. Well, nobody deserves a better fate. You have to earn a better fate. And they didn't get it. And it was an unfortunate hit off the stick of Travis Sanheim that ended the game. Uh, and I feel bad for him because I thought he, again, I thought he played really well on what was an important night because it was Hockey Fights Cancer Night. And the Flyers in pregame warm-up all came out in the lavender and black jerseys, Hockey Fights Cancer jersey, all with the number 23, all with the name Limblom embroidered across the back. And they honored Oscar at the first TV timeout with a video and he was clearly emotional. And he talked about it. You're going to hear from him in a minute as well. We're going to play Elaine Vigneault and Oscar. And he, he didn't know that that was going to happen in game. And it caught him. And he got emotional, but he, he held it together. And it was an important night because we know what Oscar went through. And there are bigger things than hockey. But they were unable to get the win. And they'll have a couple of days off now three days off without a game for the first time since their COVID pause on February 7th. So they're going to have to rest up. Elaine Vigneault alludes to it as well. His team is is running on empty. They've played a lot of hockey in a short period of time. And a lot of teams have. They have as well. And uh, they need to get some rest and, and come back for the final 11 games of the season, do the right things, end it on a good note, even though you're not going to make the playoffs. End it on a positive note. And let's see what we see out of certain guys. Again, since Shane Gostaspera has been waived, the way he's handled the situation and the way he's played, I, I've been incredibly impressed. And I've been a pretty harsh critic of Shane Gostaspera's game, especially defensively. But uh, the way he's handled it, it has been like a pro. 
So I applaud him for that. Stick taps from me to Shane Gossespierre. Let's get to the Flyers head coach, Elaine Vigneault, after the game. We'll follow that up immediately with Oscar Lindblom on Hockey Fights Cancer Night. He had a chance to talk about the game as well. Here's Elaine Vigneault after the Flyers lost in overtime. You feel a little snake bit right now. It's probably one of your uh, better all-around games in a, in a while, uh, especially defensively. Yeah, I mean, you know, we uh... – first and second period we had some great looks uh their goaltender made some you know real big saves at the, at the right time uh in my estimation there we had enough looks in those two periods to uh, to get a couple we didn't um in the third you know uh with all the time that we had spent in their zone in my personal opinion anyway to get those two average calls against us um with everything that they had let go in the first two periods there uh just wasn't right and they were able to get momentum off it and uh you know a little bit more energy and a little bit more speed so they had better looks and then moose came in and made some really big saves for us we went to three on three and uh other than one time where we had possession we didn't really have any possession they had control did you think there was I guess anything missing from your offensive process tonight, or you just look at it as the other goalie just played a really good game? No, I mean, we had some quality looks, some real good opportunities, some second opportunities. Uh, you know, they're a team that, uh, you know, they block a lot of shots, uh, and, uh, you know, they're good defensively. And, and uh, yeah, tonight, their, their goaltender in the first two periods, uh, in my estimation, was the difference. And, uh, and they found a way to, you know, to win this game in overtime. How do you keep going forward now? You guys have played so well hockey these last few games, and you get another point today. But how do how do you keep the mindset to keep going and keep pushing for the rest of the season? Well, we're running on fumes right now, so uh, you know we need to uh, to re-energize here. And for the first time in a long time, we're going to have a, a three-day in-between game, so uh, that's going to be beneficial for us. And and then after that, what you have to do is you have to stay in the present. Uh, you know, there's still uh, 11 games right now to, to be played. Uh, you got to play one game at a time and focus on that. And that's what we're going to try and do is stay in the present and uh, do our jobs. Hey, Elaine, uh, on the overtime winner, was that just a, a really bad break? A combination of bad break and the hazy makes a bad pass where we lose control of the puck. You know, we win the faceoff, we've got the puck. Need to make a better first pass and we don't. And too bad for Travis and and uh, Brian. I mean, Moose had played real good. Travis had played one of his uh, best games as far as uh, you know, being in control and skating well. And unfortunately, the puck went off his stick as he was trying to break up the play. What did it feel like when you were skating around the ice there and and uh, you got the ovation from the fans uh, before the game? What what was kind of going through your head? Uh, a lot of emotions. Uh, just to be able to to play this game again. And, Play in the NHL, the best league in the world, and I can still manage to to be out there and compete. So I mean, it's a it's a great feeling, and I'm just happy to be able to be able to be here and, and play again. Hey, Oscar, you've had you know a lot of moments, I guess, since you've come back. You know, your your first game, your first game back in the Wells Fargo Center, the first time the fans were here. But was this special, this particular game, special in a different way? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was emotional, to be honest. Uh, I didn't expect. Uh, to react like that uh, when I skate on the ice and I mean it's just a lot of emotion and I just try to get it all in and, and focus on the game but uh, but it was tough uh, I mean it's been a tough year or tough more than a year and 
like I said, to be able to be out there with the, with his team is uh, is amazing. It looked like you guys had one of your better defensive games of the year. How how tough was the the loss to stomach? It was uh, a real good effort, obviously. It sucks. I mean, like you said, I think we played well and uh, had a couple scoring chances too. Uh, but like I said, we've been it's been tough, been a tough year, and we can't can't really find a way to to win, even though we played played pretty good today. And like you said, good good defense. And we need to find a way to score, and uh, we didn't today. Oscar, you talked about the the pregame skate around. Uh, what was the moment of appreciation during the game where you got a, a lot of reaction from not only the players and the referees but also the fans? You thanked them a lot yesterday. What did what did that feel to you? It felt like you and it looked like you were holding back a lot of emotion there on the bench. Yeah, I was. Like I said earlier, I didn't expect myself to to react like that. I didn't know it was supposed to be anything about me like during during the game. So uh, it was emotional, and I was trying to. To hold it together and, and focus on the game, but an uh, amazing moment, and I, I will remember that for the rest of my life. While the ovation that Oscar got last night was awesome, and it really was, and, and it made him emotional, the time when it's going to maybe even be more emotional for him, and for a lot of people, is going to be when that building's full again. That's when Oscar will get his just due. That's when he'll get the full Monty of the support that this fan base has for him and the fight that he put on. And it's and it's great that he just had recent scans and, and he's cancer-free now. And he's back playing. And he's going to get stronger this offseason. Physically stronger. Lost a lot of muscle mass going through what he went through with chemo and radiation and everything that, that his body had to go through in the calendar year and change at this point. So Oscar's going to get stronger. And he'll be back to being the player that he was before all of this happened. When he was leading the Flyers in scoring up in th- through mid-December. Uh, a couple of years ago. So great to hear from Oscar and great that he's cancer free and hockey fights cancer. Cancer has affected so many people, probably every one of you listening in some way, shape or form, you know, somebody that's been affected by it. My, both my parents, I lost to cancer and within the last five years. So it does mean a lot uh, with that, that initiative. And I, I love that Oscar has embraced the role of being an ambassador uh, for the fight against cancer. So He's a great guy to have on the team, no doubt about it. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on another brand-new episode of Flyers Daily. Flyers won't be back in action until Thursday against the Rangers at the Garden, but we'll bring you Flyers Daily each and every day this week. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you on tomorrow's Flyers Daily.